Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Hello to everyone who is listening to us today on the app, on the uh, on the on the SiriusXM uh, 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 on demand, on the John Fugelsang podcast. Hello to all the daywalkers. Thank you. You guys are great. We love getting your emails. Please feel free anytime to call us if you're around in the evenings at eight six six nine nine seven grit. And let's get to it. There's a lot to get to tonight. A lot happened in the news today. <sighs> let's do a show. Starting with Arizona. It's a dry heat, and it's a dry hate. I love the state of Arizona. I mean, I, I, it's so near and dear to my heart. I've had some of the best shows of my life in Arizona. I, I think the Orpheum is one of the most beautiful theaters in all of America. I dated someone who lived in Arizona. My, I, I did a show in a prison with Bill Maher in Arizona. I, I've had amazing times. I've shot things there, all the canyons, the painted desert. I, I, I took my parents to Arizona, took them to see the Sedona, the church carved into the rock. It's a beautiful place. I love Arizona. And there's good people there. They're being hit hard by the heat. Phoenix right now is trying to save people from a lot of bad decision making by shutting down some of their most popular hiking trails during the successive heat warmings. The Arizona Corporation Commission also said they won't allow any utilities to disconnect delinquent customers from June 1st to October 15th or when the temperature exceeds 95 degrees. Really good things in Arizona. And I'll get to the other things in just a few minutes. But this unrelenting heat wave is roasting our country. I hope you are okay. We'd love to know what it's like where you live, how you're doing, if you know any seniors who are having a tough time. Uh, If you're having a tough time of it, we always welcome what it's like if you're one of the more than 100 million Americans under heat warnings and advisories with temperatures that could go up to 110 degrees Fahrenheit. Alerts were in place in 28 states today, from California to New Hampshire. It's not just terrible. In Phoenix and Austin, they're now having their 40th triple-digit weather day of the year. It's been triple digits 40 days already. And, and, and buses are now, according to Axios, acting like mobile chilling stations. They're ferrying people to the city's cooling centers. Um, people are basically trying to stay indoors from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. In Salt Lake City, temperatures reached 107 degrees Fahrenheit on Sunday. They're still in the high 90s. Right now, about 100 million people, again, are under an excessive heat warning. And about 200 million people in America, according to the National Weather Service, will see temperatures in the 90s or higher for the next three days. 
Weather.com says temperatures 5 to 15 degrees above average are dominating the entire country right now. So it would be a time when a sane culture would talk about climate science and doing something, since clearly we didn't do something decades ago when it mattered most. I want to play this clip of uh, Secretary Pete Buttigieg on uh, CNBC with my old buddy Joe Kernan, who tries to push a lot of conservative lines. And um, again, I always compare Pete Buttigieg to Barack Obama. I think he is one of the few people in politics who can be the super brainy nerd and yet still accessible and likable. Uh, in that sense, I think that he is the next Obama. Give a quick listen to how he handles right-wing talking points about climate right here. The, the realities may set in in Europe. We may see the downside of, of for example, if, if the president declares a, a climate emergency, executive order, we are going to stop oil and gas drilling in the outer continental shelf. We're going to do Yay. all kinds of things that, that will limit production of hydrocarbons at this time. With the idea that by 2030, everyone else is going to be along with us and that it will somehow you think we're going to we're going to be able to change the weather between or the climate between now and 2030 with what China well, we've changed the climate to. between 20. We've changed the climate between 2010 and now and not in a good way. Uh, so, yes, we can and must act to make sure that we reverse the worst effects of climate change. Look, some of it's upon us right now. There, this is not a question about whether it's going to happen but, but or whether it's not going to happen. It's a question of 20, they're going to keep rising. It's a question of how no many lives and, and how many livelihoods are going to be destroyed by allowing the worst effects of climate change to happen. But right and, now, people, you know, I've never known the United the States. Heat. They're I've never known the United from States the heat to, for something that may or may not happen by 2030. I, they're dying from the heat because of a climate-related extreme weather. But we're not going to cut uh, emissions sooner until or later. 2030. In the meantime, they need energy to cool their homes and to heat their homes in the meantime. Right. And, and as you as you know, I mean, the other thing that's striking is I've noticed some uh, naysayers in, in the U.S. speaking as if the only power sources that are exist uh, that exist are solar, wind and hydrocarbon. Obviously, in, in Europe, they, they have a mix that uh, relies partly on nuclear. Uh, we have more options that are being developed in the U.S., as well as being smarter and more efficient with the energy that we have. Energy efficiency has often been described as the fifth fuel. Uh, and in, in the transportation side of things, finding less carbon intensive ways to, to move our vehicles. Obviously, the, the leading and, and most visible example of that's electric vehicles. It's why we're fighting to make EVs cheaper. And it's why we're getting these charging stations out across the country. But I've just I've never known the United States to be a country that looks around the world and says, what's the lowest common denominator? Let's do that. Or we don't have control over every piece of it. So let's sit back, uh, accept the status quo and let some other country lead. That's not what America does. And I think what you're going to see from the president today is an assist insistence that America should be leading the way and challenging the rest of the world to catch up to us instead of matching uh, some other country that isn't doing a very good job. Pete Buttigieg. Joe Biden announced steps today to address climate change after his legislative agenda was completely gutted by one Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Biden said there's going to be additional steps coming soon. But of course, getting the Senate to do anything is a whole other ball of wax. His plan includes a lot of good stuff, fighting the heat, a $2.3 billion allocation for a program to help communities deal with heat waves and floods and wildfires. But again, that's not preventing the problem. That's putting Band-Aids on the problem. 
He's broadening the Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program to give states more options on spending federal funds to help keep low-income people cool. The Interior Department's going to propose areas in the Gulf of Mexico for more wind turbines. Biden really wants to do a lot of wind energy development off the coast of Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. Here's Joe Biden today at his press conference on climate change, calling it an emergency, but not quite declaring it a national climate emergency. When our nation faces clear and present danger, and that's what climate change is about. It is literally not figuratively a clear and present danger. The health of our citizens and our communities is literally at stake. The UN's leading international climate scientists call the latest climate report nothing less than, quote, code red for humanity. Let me say it again. Code red for humanity. Isn't that a group of political officials, elected officials? These are the scientists. We see it here in America, in red states and blue states. Extreme weather events costing $145 billion. $145 billion in damages just last year. More powerful and destructive hurricanes and tornadoes. I've flown over the vast majority of them out west and down in Louisiana, all across America. It's, in, it's in amazing to see ravaging 100-year-old droughts occurring every few years instead of every 100 years. Wildfires out west that have burned and destroyed more than 5 million acres. Which brings us back to Arizona. It's terrible. Right now, there's an excessive heat warning in the Phoenix metro area for Thursday and Friday. They're forecasting temperatures, are you ready, up to 114 degrees. 114 degrees. They're literally telling people to keep their pets indoors in Arizona. And maybe you saw this video. It's all over social media. It's amazing. In in Scottsdale, a UPS driver collapsed from the heat in front of a family's house. And the whole thing was captured on their doorbell's ring camera. Just amazing. That's the Arizona dry heat. Um, Let's talk a bit about the Arizona dry hate now. Because... I don't know if you're paying attention to Arizona, but things be fucked up in this beautiful state I love so much. And again, I'm someone who I, I've hung out with Barry Goldwater Jr. Love the state. The Republican Party is losing their mind. Do you remember Rusty Bowers? I'm asking you to go way back in time. Okay, like three weeks in the early days of the January 6th hearings. Rusty Bowers is the Speaker of the House, Republican, lifelong, hardcore conservative, For the state of Arizona, he made headlines when he testified to the effect of how he would not help Donald Trump, who he voted for, cheat in the election. Here's a little refresher. You might remember his voice. First of all, when the people and in Arizona, I believe it's some 40 plus years earlier, the legislature had established the manner of electing our officials or the electors for the presidential race. Once it was given to the people, as in Bush v. Gore, illustrated by the Supreme Court, it becomes a fundamental right of the people. So as far as I was concerned, for someone to ask me in the, I would call it a paucity, there was no no evidence being presented of any strength. Evidence can be hearsay evidence, it's still evidence, but it's still hearsay but strong judicial quality evidence, anything that would say to me, you have a doubt, deny your oath. I will not do that. 
Okay, and, that guy. I mean, you remember him, right? In fact, uh, let's play to Chris that other clip because he was talking about the amount of heat he and his family were taking because he didn't help Donald Trump to cheat in the election. Here's a little bit more of uh, Arizona Speaker of the House, Rusty Bowers. And I said, look, you are asking me to do something that is counter to my oath when I swore to the Constitution to uphold it. And I also swore to the Constitution and the laws of the state of Arizona. And this is totally foreign as an idea or a theory to me. And I would never do anything of such magnitude without deep consultation with qualified attorneys. And I said, I've got some good attorneys and I'm gonna give you their names. Uh, But you're asking me to do something against my oath and I will not break my oath. Okay, so when this first aired, we all said that day, wow, this, this guy is really impressive. What an what a honorable Republican. I, I disagree with him on everything, but at least he didn't take part in the steal. The next day, Rusty Bowers came out and said, in spite of all the criminality he discussed, he asserted that if Donald Trump were to be running again for president, that even though Donald Trump asked him to break his sacred oath, he'd vote for Trump again. And we're like, wow, what's that about? I mean, that's really falling on your sword for MAGA. I mean, I'll tell the truth about your corruption and then I'll grovel before you. I mean, I I guess it didn't make a difference for Rusty Bowers. He probably figured reasonably there's no harm in saying you'd vote for Trump again because most likely he'll never have to vote for Trump again. So why alienate those Trump loving people in my beautiful state of Arizona? Well, let's cut to today. Three weeks later, Donald Trump is about to visit Arizona for one of his charming rallies this weekend. And uh, three days before the visit, the Arizona Republican Party has given Donald Trump a little gift. They have purged super conservative House Speaker Rusty Bowers because he upheld his sworn oath to defend the Constitution by refusing to help Trump steal the election. The Republican Party of Arizona, their executive committee has censured Rusty Bowers. Kelly Ward, Chairman of the Arizona GOP, who ran for governor herself a while back, announced the condemnation on Twitter, saying he is no longer a Republican in good standing. And we call on Republicans to replace him at the ballot box in the August primary. Did he lie? Did he did he say something false? No. The censure resolution just criticized him for a a number of actions as a state house member, his election integrity, uh, immigration even though he really worked on some very hateful bills. Gender identity, not big enough, I guess. They said he has not been forthright in his interactions between others in legislative leadership, Republican Party leadership, his dealings with Maricopa County bureaucrats, lobbyists, consultants, the liberal media. They wrote that. They, literally, they wrote that in their censure. So I, I, I guess I want to say congratulations, Rusty Bowers. <laughs> you tried to be loyal to these people and the truth, and you found out these people won't be loyal to you. If you're loyal to the truth, this guy talked movingly about how John Eastman, Trump's attorney, was behind the plan to overturn the results. Remember when 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 Andy Biggs, Republican from Arizona, was urging this guy to decertify Biden's electors? (laughs) He talked about Trump and Giuliani and Giuliani claimed to have evidence of voter fraud in Arizona, which we well know after the audit never materialized. Randy Bowers told the committee that time, that day that this was a tragic parody. And now he has been punished the way Republicans have censured Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger 
for rejecting the big lie. You know who they haven't punished? Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar, who openly went to a white supremacist conference hosted by Nick Fuentes, who was there on January 6th. He's no longer a Republican in good standing. Folks, they're not a party. They're a cult. And, and just to make it sweet, because I love Arizona, um, can we talk about Carrie Lake? She really might be the next governor. She is, of course, a former news anchor at the uh, Fox affiliate in Phoenix. She is Donald Trump's pick for Arizona governor. She is already laying the groundwork to be Trumpian by uh, talking about how if she loses, she'll contest the election, even in the primary. She's so sure if she loses, it's rigged. Mike Pence has endorsed her opponent. Um, Carrie Lake's fascinating to me because I've, I've actually met her. I hung out with her. She interviewed me once. I was in Phoenix doing some promotional work for a TV show, and they had me go by the studio, and she was so nice and, and, and so lovely. And imagine my surprise when um, I knew she was a Trump supporter. I could tell. But imagine my surprise when I, I made a comment about Trump and racism, and she says, well, I just, you know, I'm not a racist. I totally voted for Obama twice. I was like, what? You, you totally, but What? And she was. If you look on social media, you'll see people sharing her old posts from Facebook and Twitter, how she was so against Trump. She was literally posting about National Day of Mourning and Protest and where to go to find the Trump protest in your neighborhood for Inauguration Day in 2017. Like, she was really a diehard against Trump. And then she decided she wasn't. And I said to her, how, how do you go from voting for Barack Obama twice to voting for Donald Trump? I mean, how, did you suddenly be, just believe that climate change was a fake after believing it for two elections? Do you do you think women, you, you used to think women deserved reproductive rights, but now they should go to jail for abortions? You used to think we should tax the wealthy, their fair share, but now you think they've had it. How do you vote for Obama twice? Well, you know how you do it, to vote for Obama than Trump. If you're a shallow person who likes shiny things, that's how you do it. And that's it. Let's be honest. So much of our politics is, is it, it's like the Oscars. It's popular people having a popularity contest. And now we find out, now we find out that Carrie Lake has been pouring money into Donald Trump's bribe hole properties. In April and May alone, her campaign dropped $18,000 at Mar-a-Lago for event expenses, according to a campaign report filed last week. Her campaign is already among the biggest spenders at Trump properties. Carrie Lake has now spent, in all total, at least $108,000 at Donald Trump's properties. So Trump endorsed her, just like he endorsed Herschel Walker, who is running for the Senate in Georgia. And Herschel Walker has also spent more than $100,000 of campaign money at Donald Trump's businesses, and Trump endorsed them both. Uh, Karen Taylor Robson is the right-wing lady running against Carrie Lake for the nominee, for the nomination. She tweeted, um, fake Carrie Lake claimed she was a Trump supporter, but days before the inauguration, she was helping organize anti-Trump protests with her fellow leftists. Lake is lying about who she is. Her own words tell us the truth. And... <laughs> Carrie Lake wrote back saying, she's a thief. Ducey endorsed Karen for Arizona, duped vulnerably senior citizens. Um, she sent predatory texts claiming to raise money for Trump, truth social on the wall. Folks don't even know they're donating to a pro-abortion rhino. Very unethical. <laughs> this is the state of the right wing in Arizona. 
Rusty Bowers was censured for refusing to cheat. And Carrie Lake can lie about everything. Go from being an anti-Trump Democrat to just a couple years later calling other people rhinos and pouring $100,000 of campaign money into Donald Trump's bribery center. All this while the state is on fire. Arizona, it's a dry hate. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. So why I'm glad we have Bob Seska join us every Wednesday. He's the host of The Bob Seska Show, one of the best political podcasts that goes deep on music you could ever listen to. Uh, maybe you're a fan of his columns. Maybe you fell in love with him like I did on The Stephanie Miller Show. But crack open a fresca. It's time for Bob Seska. These fascists are grotesca with their vulgar Trump burlesca. But thank God we got Bob Seska broadcasting from his deska. His humor is Kafkaesca and his height is statuesca. Like the top of Mount Aleska, like John Podesta on a Vespa, but down that Putinesca and behave yourself, Francesca. It's a politics fiesta when you're rolling with Bob Seska. Welcome back. Oh, good night, everybody. I, there nothing we go. I say in the next 20 minutes is ever going to top that. So thank <laughs> gonna... you. It is. That is quite special. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> thank great. You. So, so is my amount of free time. Uh, it's good to see you, Bob. Welcome back. Yeah, great to see you, too, my friend. Uh, don't even know where to begin, but let's start with the Secret Service. To me, what we're seeing here is uh, the greatest Secret Service scandal of my lifetime, even bigger than 10 yeah. years ago with the Colombian prostitutes scandal when the Secret oh, yeah. Service was getting secretly serviced. Uh, what we're seeing here, to me, is so egregious, worse than anything they might have done on January 6th, the fact that they're just coming out there and just pretty much saying, nope. We're not going to shoot. Nope, they all got deleted. Sorry, we happened to update yeah. all of our phones that day, January 6th. And so uh, th that's all we got for you. No, I mean, besides the fact that I think the cloud exists for the Secret Service, what do you make of this? I mean, there's there's like swinging a big dick at your place mm -hmm. in history and at yeah. morality and truth. And then there's what we're seeing these guys do. It's you know what? On the surface, it's almost too dumb to be uh, intentional. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. remember that uh, Sid and Marty Croft uh, half hour show where they would do, you know, there was HR Puffin stuff and there were all the other uh, of, of the Lost. And th there was one called Far Out Space Nuts. 
and okay. it had uh, it was Bob Denver and some yes. other guy. It was basically yeah, it was basically like it was, Gilligan's it was Bob Denver Island and the guy who played the skipper on Gilligan's Island, and they were a couple of, yeah. of uh, <laughs> uh, workmen who accidentally pushed the button launch instead of lunch, and it sent them there into space. Is. I remember yes. the opening credits. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, the lunch not launch thing. Yes. That's what del- just happened. The Secret Service just happened to delete all of these texts right there uh, in the middle of one of the most uh, eventful days in American history. That is like the launch, not launch button in far out space nuts. And if it wasn't so stupid, uh, my God, this has got to be, uh, in, it seems intentional. And I keep going back, John, to. Uh, the story that we saw pop up occasionally during Trump's uh, administration, which was that he was kind of going through the bureaucracy, certainly the cabinet level departments, determining who was Trump and who was Hillary. And if you happen to be Hillary, you were, you know, or at least he would try to push you out of that job. There are certain jobs that it's very difficult for the president to fire someone in the bureaucracy. But in terms of the cabinet level departments, I think he was in the middle of clearing house, getting rid of any disloyalists in the federal government. Sure. And it's entirely possible. And we've been hearing more and more about Trump loyalists within the Secret Service. So it, it really is leading in that direction where it's not just a bunch of dumb shits accidentally deleting the emails on a, or no. deleting the texts on the worst day in which to lose those texts. But it seems more nefarious than that. And the thing that I keep thinking about, John, and I, I've kind of posed this question because I'm not necessarily an IT expert, um, but I know some things and I I've always been under the impression that a lot of the tech companies, the certainly the mobile providers, retain copies somewhere, yes. whether it's on the cloud or on a server yes. somewhere, retain copies of all this information. Remember the NSA story from 2013 with Edward Snowden and Glenn Greenwald? And uh-huh. we heard about the NSA, for example, hoovering up everyone's data and having all of your emails and your text messages and your phone calls and having it all stored. And the only way they could access it was to get a FISA warrant so they could extract that information and start to examine it. Now, granted, the NSA is all about foreign intelligence. It's not necessarily keeping track of what the Secret Service is saying back and forth to each other. However, if they're hoovering up, as the saying goes, all of this information, irrespective of who we're talking about, I mean, members of Congress, for example, I think we were hearing stories about that as well. Right. Either a federal agency or one of the mobile providers, one of the tech companies, has to have copies of these texts. Yes. And I keep going back to this. So where is so, the January 6th committee as far as subpoenaing some of these telecoms. Uh, tech companies? Yeah, That's exactly yeah. what I thought of. Exactly what I thought of, Bob. Because, I mean, let's also keep in mind, federal agencies are required by law to preserve electronic records like text messages. So they shouldn't be having this hard a time turning these records over. And now, of course, there's a congressional subpoena and they're literally coming out there trying to say, oh, well, see, our our dog ate our hard drive. And and it just happened to be that same day. I mean, Bob, is it fair to say the Secret Service has literally done exactly what the right wing accused Hillary Clinton of doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, the uh, homebrew email server all over again. You know, (laughs) I saw on Twitter, someone said we should start suggesting that the Secret Service acid washed their text messages (laughs) since that was that was Trump's ridiculous term for that. I don't know where the hell he heard that. But somewhere along the line, Donald Trump got the impression 
that Hillary Clinton acid washed her yes. email server, which is the most ludicrous thing in the world, unless it's 1991 and you're buying jeans. Other yeah, we than call that, it weathered now. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it is really identical to that situation. And I think this is um, it's not it's not literally a smoking gun because we don't have the information. But the absence of the information is deeply suspicious. Uh, right. And especially, as I said before, knowing that there are very likely loyalists. I mean, let's face it. Dan Bongino, for the longest time, was a Secret Service agent before he became That's right. this blight uh, on uh, the Red Hat Entertainment Complex. He was a Secret Service agent. So there are people who I assume are remaining loyal to Donald Trump. And maybe that extends all the way up to the head of the Secret Service, who apparently I think he's he's out as of today or sometime this week, I believe. Fascinating. I mean, the, the January 6th committee tweeted this evening, uh, the Secret Service has begun producing records pursuant to the subpoena we issued last week, and our investigators are assessing that information. We have concerns about a system migration that yeah. we have been told resulted in the erasure of Secret Service cell phone data. Um, the Secret Service system migration process went forward on January 27th, 2021, just three weeks after the attack on the Capitol, in which the vice president, while under the protection of Secret Service, was steps from a violent mob hunting for him. The procedure for preserving content prior to this purge appears to have been contrary to federal records retention requirements. And here it is, may represent a possible violation of the Federal Records Act. Now, uh, again, I don't I don't think. If they're afraid to go after Donald Trump for breaking the law, I don't see them going after the Secret Service. But they they were asked to keep all phone records on January 16th. They were asked again on January 25th, 2021, to preserve all records. And on January 27th, they wiped the data. It, it seems inescapable that there are at least some actors, some agents within the agency who are covering for Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. I well, mean, that seems that, obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is what you do if you're covering up a crime. Uh, I don't know if you would be so dumb about it. I mean, it seems like the obvious thing. It's almost like it's, <laughs> it's almost like a, a kid who looks at porn when his parents aren't home on the Internet. And in order to hide his tracks, he erases his history, his browser history. But <laughs> the parents know that if they look at the browser and there's no history there, that someone deleted the history. And then why did they delete? Why did, uh, you know, so-and-so, right. why did little John Fugelsang delete his internet browser history? Why did, <laughs> exactly. and it's usually a telltale sign that something is being covered up there. We don't know what it is, but it's kind of obvious. But what, I mean, what do you think that they could be covering up? This is the real juicy part of all this to me, because uh, what might, Think about all the things we still don't know. Think about all the things this committee's not talking about. I mean, yeah. who disabled Mike Pence's key card that day? Mm -hmm. How did it happen that the vice president that this mob was hunting suddenly on that day had his key card disabled? Who took out the panic button from Congresswoman uh, Ayanna Presley's office? And of course, yeah. you know, who, who planted the pipe bombs? Why was Mike Pence terrified to get in that car with the Secret Service agents and leave the Capitol? I mean, like, there's so many unanswered questions, and it just seems to me... I don't want to be cynical, but I, I, I don't see answers coming with the Secret Service. I think this is going to be another cover-up in plain sight, and it's like Iran-Contra all over again. Yeah, we did. Yeah, what are yeah. you going to do about I, it? I mean, 
we could speculate uh, for days and days and days what's contained in those text messages. And we do know that at the very least, it may confirm some of the witness testimony that we've heard so far about Donald Trump's behavior in that motorcade after he delivered his remarks at the ellipse. So that whole story about, you know, accosting the Secret Service driver of that SUV and whatever it was that happened in there, reaching for the steering wheel or grabbing the guy or whatever it was happened, the commotion that happened inside that SUV might confirm that. I mean, it might uh, offer more corroboration for Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony, as well as the testimony of other people. I mean, I guess the first thing you do, irrespective of what the what the content of the uh, the evidence is, you if there's something incriminating, you destroy that evidence. And that's what's so odd about this. Right. But you don't see so strange about their behavior. Like, wouldn't they know that we're engaged in destruction of evidence? I mean, wouldn't they realize that like this could be a serious problem for us, especially knowing that all of these agencies have inspector generals who investigate these sorts of things? It's not like they're a rogue agency and they can get away with whatever the with whatever the hell they want. Well, are, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Because, I mean, again, I don't see that <laughs> yeah, for all the know. good work this committee has done. I don't see this committee subpoenaing Secret Service agents cell phones or computers to see yeah. where, you know, the stuff might be backed up. I, I do think you're right. It, it, maybe they'll subpoena the telecom companies uh, and the mobile mm-hmm. providers and find out, you know, what those texts were. But yeah. I, I, I want to give you some good news, Bob. Merrick Garland has been told about all of this. Uh, Merrick Garland is aware that January 6th happened. Um, He's sentient and responding uh, to prompts. Um, (laughs) Here is Merrick Garland earlier today saying, pay no attention to the memo Rachel Maddow held up on Monday night. No person is above the law in this country. I can't say it any more clearly than that. There is nothing in the principles of prosecution in any other factors which prevent us from investigating anyone anyone who's criminally responsible uh, for, for uh, uh, an attempt to undo a democratic election. Now, I want to believe that, mm-hmm. but a part of me hears Joe Manchin with his trademark phrase, don't worry, let's just drag this process out. I promise I'll have your back in the end. Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I respect how methodical Garland is, yada, yada, yada. But I, the midterms are a few months away. Um, are you hopeful? For these hearings, um, we're all looking forward to the last one tomorrow night. We'll be carrying it live here on Sirius XM, uh, and yeah. tomorrow we'll be focusing on what Trump was doing for those two and a half hours while the riot was in full force. Um, are you optimistic, and what are you looking forward to on what is the last scheduled night of hearings? I, my point of view, John, is sort of a variation of the trust but verify thing that Reagan created, and that is, um, I'm hopeful yet skeptical at the same time because. I'm skeptical because I'm concerned about the overall timing of this. Let's say they're kind of starting up, ramping up an investigation of Trump himself at this point. We're talking about two and a half years until the next president is uh, uh, inaugurated. It could be Joe Biden getting reelected. But I my status right now in terms of my faith in the American voting public is at one of the lowest points it's ever been. I mean, I have no faith that American voters are going to make the right choice in 2024. So in that case, if a Republican gets elected, then Donald Trump gets pardoned, uh, irrespective of what they're doing, what they're investigating, when they're investigating it and whether they conclude the investigation and develop charges and they go through a court uh, court case and all the rest of it. That's that's the deadline that we're looking at. And I don't see that being enough time. 
Now that all that said, uh, the time constraints aside, I am relatively confident based on Merrick Garland's remarks, not only today, but uh, the deputy AG said something earlier this week along these same lines. There's been other indications as well that something is brewing in DOJ that goes well beyond just the foot soldiers on the ground that extends into the Oval Office of Donald Trump, uh, whether it's his inner circle people or Donald Trump himself. Um, and that that is all uh, leading me to think that, you know, I think there may be an actual investigation of Donald Trump underway right now. I'm sure there is. Uh, and, I'm sure there is. But I mean, the, the concern that I have, too, as far as Merrick Garland goes, is he's blazing a new trail here. This has never been done before. So I think in a certain sense, what he's doing is he's establishing a new precedent for the very distinct possibility that this won't be the last time a president is an ex-president is prosecuted by a subsequent administration. So he wants to make sure the process is as on the level as he possibly can make it, because quite honestly, we could end up in a situation where a future president, Ron DeSantis or whoever exactly decides, hey, look, we're going to we're going to do this and we're going to get DOJ to investigate Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and Burisma and the whole Ukraine thing. And we're going to do that. And we're going to launch a, maybe have a special uh, prosecutor look at that or it's just going to be a standard uh, grand jury. And you want the process to be established so that at the very least, that AG uh, is acting on precedent and not necessarily setting a new or blazing a new trail themselves like Merrick That's Garland right. is doing now. So it's like it's it's a, there's a cover your ass aspect of this, too. And it's not Garland covering his own ass, although that's probably a point of consideration. But it's covering the ass of future presidents, presidents we may all adore, who may be wonderful presidents uh, who are you know getting investigated by a subsequent administration. So sure. we just we have to be careful all around with this. May and maybe President Ron DeSantis will decide to get even by going after an 84 year old Joe Biden. Uh, I'm <laughs> not going to hey, lose look, any they're sleep. They're all about revenge. You know what? The whole Republican messaging is I know you are. But what am I? They take everything we've said about Donald Trump and they recycle it and oh, say I it know, about Joe but Biden. I'll, I'll tell you right everything. now. I will tell you right now, the hate for Joe Biden does not come close to approaching the hate for Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. Joe Biden's an old white man, even Bill Clinton, Mm -hmm. who was, you know, a middle aged white man when he was president. Old white men, I don't see them having the venom unless it's George Soros (laughs) and they don't know anything about his career. Bob, how do we follow you and keep up with your work? Uh, BobSuskaShow.com is my podcast. Uh, Yeah. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it. Bob, you are the best. Thanks for joining us. As always, we'll see you next Wednesday. We'll be right back with your calls on progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm John Fugelsang. This is SiriusXM Progress. We're taking your calls at 866-997-GRIT. This just in, um, NOAA's latest monthly report finds a 99% chance that 2022 will rank among the 10 warmest years in records going back to the late 1800s. Um, Just so you know, the 10 hottest Junes that have ever occurred on planet Earth, the top 10 hottest Junes ever recorded have all taken place since the year 2010. Meanwhile, uh, COVID-19 is not done. 78% of Americans now believe we won't be rid of COVID in our lifetimes, according to a new poll from Axios. It's new evidence that most Americans have moved past the pandemic and are more focused on inflation and gas prices and making ends meet and worrying about democracy ending rather than being concerned about what variant is spreading. And um, it's scary out there. We now in the U.S. have 91,767,000 coronavirus cases. We are at 1,050,702 deaths. 86 million of us have recovered. Worldwide, 569,378,000 people have been diagnosed with COVID-19. 6,391,000 people have confirmed to have been di- have died of COVID worldwide. Over 540 million people with COVID have recovered, including me and maybe you too. Uh, and maybe our next guest, you know, you know why I come here on Wednesdays? You know why I put up with all this abuse? So I can talk to Keith Price, our comedy daddy. Uh, Keith is a great comedian and writer and broadcaster and podcaster. He, uh, of course, was part of the morning show on the late lamented breakthrough channel OutCue here at Sirius XM. Do yourself a favor and get uh, his wonderful Broadway podcast, Keith Price's Curtain Call. Comedy daddy, it's been a long week and it's only Wednesday. Welcome back. Hey, lover. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. How are you doing? I am really, really exhausted (laughs) it's like between trying to keep up the pace of working and at the same time showing up and and being places when i'm asked to be places it's getting a little tiring (laughs) like like, i'm like oh my god is it i think i'm just getting that old now where it's like i'd rather just sit inside and watch netflix or something i don't want (laughs) to deal with the rest of the world i don't care about you know what what new discovery we're going to find out about the ex-president and all of the shenanigans that he's been up to we're going to, it's going to be fun tomorrow i'm just i'm i'm just ready for something fresh if you know what i mean like so, something this, fresh this in, terms of, in terms of the hearings in terms of the hearings something fresh yeah i mean it's i'm i'm wondering what's what the big bombshell will be tomorrow i'm just hoping that it has a dynasty-esque quality because because clearly we're gonna this is gonna be the cliffhanger until what later at the uh in the fall if they come back or are they gonna do them during the daytime what's happening that's what i'd like to know i mean i'm pretty sure they'll bring it back i'm pretty sure there'll be more uh i think a lot of it's going to depend on what happens with steve bannon to tell you the truth keith i think if steve bannon has to go spend 30 days in jail for blowing off a subpoena you might see other people who've refused to answer their subpoenas finally show up um i i I want to see them going after whatever officials have blown it off. I think they're going to try to put Navarro in jail as well. I mean, it is amazing that the Bannon trial is going on or beginning right as these hearings are cresting. Uh, But I'm with you. I mean, what's interesting to me also is the opening primetime hearing 
back way back on June 9th. That's when this first started. The last primetime one was the highest rated uh, of all of them. But, you know, obviously that's true because a lot of more people are home in the evening and able to watch on TV. But since mm-hmm. they began doing it in the afternoons, um, every time they've done it, they've averaged progressively more viewers. CNN had a one and a half million viewers for the first hearing and then two and a half for the next time. And it's actually been very, very good for the ratings. Uh, What does it mean for tomorrow? I have no idea. I mean, it keeps the attention of news junkies, but I think the average American is not paying much attention. And I don't know if it's going to have any impact on our election coming up. Well, unless somebody goes to jail, that's really significant in the storyline. No one's going to really care. I mean, you know, we need, we need some big names now. This Steve Bannon to me is not a big name, except the fact that he was close enough. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm ready for like a Michael Flynn. I want to see him. Oh. I see him get, wouldn't that be nice, Mister? Oh, say it slower. Say it slower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Michael Flynn. His his. What was his friend? The the brother that was working at the uh, yeah the other Canada. General Flynn. Well, I mean, you know, I think that what we're going to be seeing tomorrow from everything that's been leaked so far is it's going to really just be them screaming to the Justice Department, hey, Trump broke the law. They're going to have a laser focus on Trump tomorrow night. They're going to focus on the 178 minutes of the most intense violence and what Trump was doing in the White House. They're going to go through the timeline. Apparently, a lot of people, enough people have talked. They know what Trump was doing minute to minute. They have a mountain of transcripts and other evidence. This is tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. It might be the finale of the summer, but it's all about showing Trump was derelict in his duty by not calling off the mob during the attack and kept on making it worse. And the DOJ announced they're expanding their investigation into January 6th. But I don't know, Keith. I don't know what it would take to bring a case against Donald Trump. I just I I just don't see this country going after an ex-president. Well, because it's so unprecedented. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, he's an unprecedented president. So, oh, listen, the most unprecedented thing to be him getting dragged through court that, you know, we've never seen it. So why not have it be him? (laughs) It's true to me. The most unprecedented thing about this whole period has been our unprecedented abuse of the word unprecedented. I'm tired of it. Unprecedented. (laughs) That was my drinking game word when I was watching the news for four long years. It's, it's like when you come out of the closet and you can't stop saying fabulous all the time. It's like, <laughs> everything's fabulous. I had no idea. Is it like that? Really? The first Sometimes year? You're you over fabulous. That, that first six to eight months out of the closet, you tend to over fabulous. I think I had no idea. I, you know, yeah. Then you have to tone it down or find a way to make it work for you. So really, really, you know, in the, in your first year of being out, you, you don't want to say things like yes, queen too much, right? Like you just want to try and, and curb the tendency. Well, you, you know, the thing is, is it at least now there's too many straight men saying yes, queen to people. So like it, it you know, it doesn't have yeah. the same kind of power. <laughs> yeah. Well, straight guys get around so the like, ruining everything sooner or later, don't they? And I'm all right with it. I, I like a straight guy that can throw a yas queen when you walk by because they know. <laughs> they they recognize, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, we are at 866-997-4748. One thing that I've been concerned about, Keith, is uh, we're talking a lot about, you know, the, the gutting of Roe v. Wade and what happens next. And yep. we're seeing these, it's, it's like a new horror story every week. And I'm sort of getting myself used to it. I'm getting myself used to the fact that we will get horrible pregnancy and abortion nightmare stories 
every week. And the kind of things that men, be they straight or gay, be they men of any background, any nationality, any income bracket, things men are not used to hearing about. I would bet you that most guys do not know how to talk about an ectopic pregnancy. I think... By Christmas, every man in America will know all about them. Um, (laughs) Right now, it's gotten so bad that demand for abortion pills is soaring because states are trying to ban them or restrict Mm -hmm. them. Not even the the surgery, just the pill you take right afterwards to make sure that it's not even a baby yet. But but Hey Jane is this telemedicine startup. They, They sell abortion pills. And they said that in the days after Roe is overturned, their site traffic grew almost 10 times and their patient ban more than doubled because all these health organizations have to follow state laws, right? Um, but, but you know, telehealth orgs that are, you know, online, they have to work in states with restrictions and without restrictions. But the ones overseas mm-hmm. can dodge our authorities and mail pills to more restrictive states. So like India has this organization called Aid Access they said they got 4,000 requests for pills in India to be sent to America. It was 600 a day before the ruling, 4,000 requests a day afterwards. Even before Roe went wow. down, almost half of our states had laws in place to make it illegal to get pills via mail. But I think the next landscape, Keith, beyond the horror stories, it's going to be these right-wing motherfuckers going through women's mail. I think we will see before the end of 2022 our first stories of where the government has monitored the mail of its citizens to make sure no one had too much freedom and didn't get a bad pill. And the the thing is, is that this is happening to all of us. But this is with because of the energies where of a group of people who believe that, you know, the state shouldn't or, you know, the government shouldn't have this much play into what's going on in our homes and the government should stay out of our house. And it's like, well, now all of this argument of, of trying to keep people in their bodies, you know, trying to tell people what they can do with their bodies. It's like all of that energy now is leading back to everything that these people say that they don't want is what's happening. And mm-hmm. it's like, they got to stop. You know, I, I don't know what the solution ultimately really is going to be, John. I mean, it's, it is, you know, you want to say we want to depend it upon the electorate, but we know the electorate doesn't tend to jump very high if, in the midterms. So yeah. the question is, are we going to how do you get them to come out in the midterms and do what they you know, sworn to do the first time around and make them believe that once they do this job of getting these people in, that they're going to do the shit that they're supposed to do, which is fix all of this fucked up mess. There's like, it's like, you know, I don't think another generation of, of folks are going to want to go to the polls again and then see everything be blocked because of an, another cinema in mansion. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh God, <laughs> that's, that's the uh. biggest fear, you know, with, with these new voters that are going to come out, like they're like, well, listen, we, we, did what we did this last time. We got out there. We we got you Warnock. We got you, you know, uh, a 50-50. And then this is what happens when we do this. And it's like, and, and it's been, and it's blocked because of the, these other people that are supposed right. to be on our side. So, like, we have to fix that. And, you know, I don't know if that's going to be possible. I really don't. Because <laughs> in the meantime, while we're, you know, worrying about abortion, watching the Ukraine, um, you know, dealing with with uh, the possibility that gay marriage is going to be on the next chopping block. You know, everybody's well, spreading you, for all of that. It's sort of like we, we still haven't figured out 
how to fix the voting situations in places like Georgia, where there's still, isn't it still illegal for them to give you water when you're standing online? Like they haven't really fixed that. They've talked about it, but that hasn't been struck down or fixed or uh, looked at. And we haven't gone back and looked at all of these places where we know they've made all of these horrific changes to the voting scenarios. So, and by the way, can I say one thing about the water rule? You know, in Georgia, you're not going to see any liberal people crying foul on conservative brothers and sisters who are waiting online and have a glass of water brought to them. You know liberals not. would never do that to conservatives to of try to discount not. their vote because they had some liquid on a, on a, on a long line. But, but that's what we're dealing with. And so, you know, and, and like I said, we haven't really dealt with the issues that have come up because of that. So, like, it's very hard to think that just going to the polls is going to be the final answer. And it's yeah. like, you know, going to the polls, knowing that in, when the end that you guys are going to do the jobs that we're sending you to do, that's ultimately what's happening. And that's not what we're seeing. And so we've got to motivate people now to go back into the polls and make them believe that, you know, well, this time <laughs> we're going to get this stuff right because, you know, we didn't do it right the last time. It's like, you, that's a hard sell, brother, you know? Keith, we got to take a break. Can you stay with us till the top of the hour? We'll be right right back with your calls. We're at 866-997-GRIT, and we will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome back. Quick reminder, tomorrow night on the show, live coverage of the final scheduled night of January 6th hearings, the second and final primetime night. Professor Corey Brettschneider will be with us for some, for some analysis as soon as things wrap. We hope you will join us as well because cable news, they're great. But we listen to you and you are always a part of our broadcast at 866-997-GRID. Let me get a quick call in. Uh, Bill in New Jersey, you're on with Keith Price. Hello. Yeah, yeah hi. Regarding that call from that woman, uh, uh, I think that the uh, Congress people should be required to wear a little badge that has their QR code on it so that you can look <laughs> anything up. And no, I'm, no, no, Senator Cruz, I'm not look. I'm not taking a picture of you. I'm looking up, uh, oh, I see your high school uh, nickname was... Uh, PRI, painful rectal itch. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, and regarding the post office, the states cannot yes. interfere with the mail until no. it arrives at your house. It's in their hands, and the mail doesn't give a shit. The uh, uh, 
the TSA no longer looks really for personal drugs. They're looking for big things, but they're looking for bombs pretty much. And when they find drugs on somebody, they, they turn them over to the local authorities. And if it's legal in that state, nothing happens. Of so, course. You know, but, uh, yeah, if you cross the line between New York State and New Jersey where it's legal to have weed, technically you're illegal because you're going through the federal, you know, they could arrest you at the border if the feds wanted to or something. Fascinating. You know how much I hate being behind New Jersey on anything? You know how my snobbery chromosomes are all tingling over this? Uh-huh. Germany's, I mean, Jersey's ahead of us on legalized weed. It's an outrage. <laughs> I used to have to drive up to Massachusetts three hours, and now I go, like, 15 minutes over to uh, Bloomfield and pick it up. That's nothing. In my day, in my day, you had to call a guy to come to your house and you didn't know who he was and he always wanted to come to your parties and hit on the girls. We didn't have these dispensaries where you can go buy your edibles. We didn't have the option of asking for Keith. We had a creepy guy who had to come to the party and freak out all the single girls. You kids don't know how good you got it. Keith, how do we follow you and keep up with your work? At Comedy Daddy on Twitter and KeithPriceComic.com for anything else. <laughs> we didn't have sticky icky and pre-roll <laughs> joints. You had to do it yourself. Um, <laughs> Keith, it's so good to see you. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, Bob Seska, as well. Thanks to the great, the great Thea Harper. Thanks to the great Chris Houseelt. We are here every night. Join us, won't you? And keep it tuned for all the great programming here on SiriusXM Progress. We'll be back tomorrow for the big hearing night. We'll see you then.